you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. The ball comes out of the hands of Rodgers. And it's... Recovered into the end zone by Leonard Floyd. Rodgers pass. It is caught for the touchdown. Devontae Adams to the end zone and open. It's Adams again for the touchdown. Flips it in zone and it is a touchdown. Yes, the velvet tones of Jim Nance and the CBS NFL Network simulcast. Yes, the Green Bay Packers got it together just in time on Thursday night, scoring uh, consecutive touchdown drives, three straight touchdown drives in the second half after a uh, sack strip fumble, put the Bears ahead temporarily early in the third quarter. In the end, a 26-10 to victory for the Packers, who moved to 4-2. and Dan Hans is here alongside Chris Wessling. Wes, it looked pretty grim. Uh, when Leonard Floyd uh, recovered that ball in the end zone. The Boo Birds are back out at Lambeau Field. But Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, they put things back together and saved some face tonight. The Packers always score on the opening drive of the game because they have the benefit of scripted plays, which allows Aaron Rodgers to be more decisive and get rid of the ball faster. Then they lapse into sandlot ball after that, and that's what it shouldn't take nearly three quarters for Aaron Rodgers to find his rhythm against an undermanned, frankly, not-so-good Bears defense. And that's what happened tonight. It, I think optimists will say they fixed their problems in the second half. I don't think they did. Yeah, it was almost a gimme. The game was already you know, stacked in the Packers' favor, the fact that they were a superior team, uh, the fact that they were at home, the fact that it's Thursday night where the home team usually thrives. And then Brian Hoyer gets his uh, left arm snapped on a – by a Clay uh, Matthews helmet shot, and enter Matt Barkley, who was just dreadful in this game, 6 of 15 for 81 yards and two two interceptions. So the Bears essentially had no chance in this game when you look at it. So if anybody, you know, we're not handing out lollipops around here for the Packers' effort, but you do at least uh, give them credit for looking like some semblance of an offense that is tough to handle because they did score touchdowns, like I said, in three straight uh, possessions in the second half to put the game away. Rodgers uh, 
Devontae Adams and Ty Montgomery uh, and uh, Randall Cobb, those were the three guys that he, he relied on. At one point I tweeted, uh, you know, when they were in the red zone, this is where they really miss Jordy Nelson. And honestly, Wes, it feels like Jordy Nelson must not be even close to the same guy anymore for him to not blow up in this game. I don't think he is the same guy. He certainly doesn't have Rodgers' trust. There were at least two times when Nelson broke open and Rodgers didn't see him. But the the stats are going to be misleading in this game. That trio of Packers receivers joined the 94 Patriots as the only trio ever to have 10 receptions apiece in a game. And that's because Ty Montgomery and Randall Cobb were used as, as, as basically surrogates for the running game. Short passes within five to six yards of the line of scrimmage. Devontae Adams was the only one getting open consistently beyond eight or nine yards. And I don't know if that's something that can, they can do going forward. Next week is a potential shootout in Atlanta. So you figure without Eddie Lacy, without James Starks, they're going to do the same method of attack in, in, that, in that game. A very weird weird performance by their offense because and Aaron Rodgers was very frustrated uh, early on in this game uh, you know he threw thir- he had 39 completions in this game which was a franchise record but it took until his 55th pass of the game to go over 300 yards which really again puts into perspective how this is not an he offense. was in the Gabbard zone he was in the Gabbard zone for the game which is outrageous um, but that's just what the Packers are right now. They are not an explosive team to watch, and they, they left some plays on the – Randall Cobb left two touchdowns on the field in the first half, which speaks to, again, and I think Cobb's a nice It was player. good defense. We should say that, but I don't know. I want to say a lot of receivers make that play, but I think Randall Cobb of two years ago makes those plays. At least one of them. To let, to let two of those opportunities, so instead of 14, you get six off that. That's the kind of stuff that has been haunting the Packers, but – you know, we can't kill the Packers. They took care of business in this game, and uh, their their backfield is something to watch here. I thought Ty Montgomery, it was still weird to watch a number 88 uh, getting the ball uh, stuck in his gut on draw plays and things of that nature, but we might see a lot more of that because Montgomery did a nice job. Rookie Don Jackson, uh, who they promoted from the practice squad, he, he left just two carries and then left with a left-hand injury. We don't know what's going on with him. So their running game, we don't know what to expect from Green Bay's running attack. It's going to be Aaron Rodgers uh, and this uh, passing game that's going to have to lead them. Let's see if they're up to the task against better uh, opposition. They served notice about six years ago that they had a scorched earth policy against defensive backfields. In Atlanta, in the playoffs, when they just exploded, Maybe they can recapture that next week in Atlanta. I don't. I doubt it, but we'll see. We'll see. And one last note: nineteen penalties for one hundred and sixty-four yards in this game. Another uh, little ugly subplot of primetime football. Clean it up, guys. All right, that's the Thursday night football game. Now, Wes, what we're gonna do here? Uh, you and I are going to throw it to you and I and Connie Fox. And let's we'll, do it. We'll preview all the games in week number seven. Let's do it. The Around the NFL podcast does want to make flowers today. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined by a room filled with some heroes. Connie Fox, Colleen Wolf, and Christopher Wessling. What's up, people? Hey, Dan. An abbreviated sort of group today. It is. Uh, Greg, as we know who will join us later, is in beautiful London town. And uh, I was thinking maybe the uh, national anthem, if you had it, Sid. Thank you. 
I just saw him do a TV hit on NFL Network with Steve Weish. They mm-hmm. kind of looked like a crime-fighting duo from a pilot that was never picked up. Buddy cops? Kind of. Yeah, he did one with us on NFL Now. He was standing in front of Big Ben. He was in a black overcoat. I know. Where did he get that? I don't know. It's weird. I have to talk talk to him about his microphone placement too high on his face. Oh. Uh, We'll talk to that. All right. We'll talk about that. A lot to get get to. Uh, Mark not with us today. Uh, He will be uh, hopefully back with us on Sunday. So that leaves the triplets. I don't know if we've ever done a uh, Connie Chris Zeus show before. This is a little excited. little different. It's been a I'm fun. I'm excited about it. Yeah. The, today started, by the way, <laughs> with uh, me turning the corner into, like, the valet parking lot area. And there's Connie Fox getting out of her car. And I was 98% sure it was Colleen. So I was like, oh, this is funny. So on my car radio, on my Sirius, there was a, a Coldplay song playing. Uh, you know, the one that goes... He blasts it. I start turning it up louder and uh, just to see how Colleen reacts. And she won't react to it. I'm not reacting. And then I turn it up louder until the point where it's like filling up the entire NFL (laughs) network parking lot. Joke's on you. And she never turns around. And then I was thinking about this, actually, after we spoke about it. Because you said you didn't want to turn around because you thought that might be someone trying to get your attention by being cool. Which was no, kind of the no, I, was doing. I meant like I didn't know if somebody was doing that for real. And then I just didn't really I wasn't sure I wanted to talk to that person. <laughs> I was going to say, like, that's kind of like you're from Philly. Um, I'm from New York, spent time at the Jersey Shore. That was kind of a move like people would like rip their music and pull up totally to, to the, the ladies. And maybe Colleen is a woman that you you lived by the Jersey Shore. Lived at the Jersey at Shore the Jersey for Shore. a while. I'm sure that was done to you many times. And maybe that was you shutting it out. Maybe that was like a callback of my subconscious. But also, I just want to add that Dan comes gets out of his car with a green solo cup, no shoes on. And <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, D- what are you doing? Blaring Coldplay. A little bit eccentric uh, entrance today. Yeah. Better move by you, Colleen. Just not to turn around. Yeah. <laughs> don't even acknowledge. Don't just acknowledge. hope it goes. Mind my own business. Today is the <laughs> Thursday edition of the Around the NFL podcast, sponsored and brought to you by Mr. Flames Economics Class in The Hague, the Netherlands. Mr. F. And I should report that someone from the advertising department of this company did reach out to me yesterday uh, <laughs> in a completely perplexed state. <laughs> what is Mr. Flame? <laughs> Who is this? Is this a real thing? What was Mark talking about on the last show during his live read? And I, I just calmly explained exactly what it was, that it was absolutely legitimate. We have a sponsor, and it is Mr. F. Mr. F. Today, uh, you heard at the top of the show, well, you heard me, and you heard Chris Wessling as we uh, broke down the Thursday night recap, Bears at Packers, uh, filling in for Greg, of course. Uh, so uh, now we have a lot of other games to get to. In fact, with the Dallas Cowboys and Carolina Panthers on bye, that leaves 30 teams, uh, two already played, so that means there are 14 games to talk about. Nicely done. That's like probably the same thing right. every week. So I, I, at this point, I should not even have to be thinking <laughs> about it. So why don't we get into it, folks? And uh, why don't we start? We'll do, you know, usually I like to go in time order. And the London game 
which, by the way, takes place at Twickenham Stadium. Twickenham? No, no ham. No? People think it's ham, people that aren't plugged in. Twicken what? Twickenum. I'm going to call it Twicken what? Just call it Twickers for short like they do in London. Twix. Twickers? Twickers. I'm going to the Twix. Yeah, that's it. Okay, Just anyway. Fun. Usually I do the, the games in, in order of uh, when they're played, uh, but we're going to push it back a little bit, so let's start with the 1 p.m. games here in America, um, the home of the brave in the land of the free. <laughs> it is. Um, and we'll start Colleen Wolf with the New Orleans Saints, uh, who are heading to Kansas City uh, to face the Can- – well, they're facing the Kansas City Chiefs. In sure Kansas are. City, which makes sense. Uh, the Saints are a team they cannot stop anybody. I mean, we no. know that. But the Chiefs, no one is going to confuse them with a dynamic as a dynamic team. So uh, what are your thoughts about this game, uh, and where does Jamal Charles fit into this <laughs> offense in KC? All right, so sure, the Chiefs, you might look at them and think they're not a dynamic team, but I think that they'll be able to run the ball well in this game because they're playing the Saints. So Jonathan Stewart did it last week. I think Spencer Ware and uh, Jamal Charles are much more effective than Stewart, so I think they'll be able to do well on the ground there. Plus, the Saints are not good against tight ends, so they haven't been all year. I think that Travis Kelsey could have a big day there. Um, because their linebackers have just struggled so much. They, they, I don't know what's going on with them. Mm. Um, also, on the other side of things, you have Drew Brees. I feel like the Kansas City defense is just not nearly as dominant as it used to be, especially with Justin Houston out. And then you know you have Mark Ingram, who could actually do well on the ground if Allen Bailey is out. So you have a lot of differences here with Justin Houston. He could have come off the pup this week if he was ready. But I don't think he's ready. That's right. right? Week yeah. seven, they're eligible. Yeah. I don't know if we're going to see Justin Houston. And even if we no. did, it's not like he was going to have a large role immediately in this, on this uh, defense. Right. And so when you just have Marcus Peters there in that secondary, I think that the Saints have way too many options just for Marcus Peters to sort of defend. Um, I think they really miss Sean Smith at this point. So the secondary has sort of been a little spotty. But I like the Chiefs in this game. Yeah, the the Saints have averaged almost 10 more points at home than on the road over the last three years. That's a problem. Mm -hmm. And when you mentioned their defense, it's not just that they have trouble covering and they can't stop the run. When they do cover, all you have to do is do what Cam Newton did last week, throw it up for grabs near their goal line, you get pass interference calls, and then have Jonathan Stewart run it in. That was – that was their offense last week. The Panthers' offense was just get pass interference calls on the Saints. It's, uh, suboptimal cornerbacks. It's it's the same old story with the Saints. They are second in total offense in the league, second in scoring, first in passing, uh, and yet here we are. We're 31st in total defense. We're last in scoring, 31st in passing defense. They're a fatally flawed team, and that's I I like the Chiefs in this game, uh, who are three and two. By the way, I, I like I like them at home. I always like them at home, but against a a team with this much um uh this many flaws on the defensive side of the ball, I just don't see the Saints winning many road games all season. No, I, they're not built to do that. They play basketball when they're at home, and they can't play that style outdoors. Yeah, I agreed with Mark's rant. I think it was last week about the Saints. And how they're bo- they're boring to watch. I mean, they're putting up points, but it's the same thing every single year with them. And it's like, at what point do you finally actually get a defense that can play and defend a team? It's like when everybody loves Raymond hit like its eighth season. <laughs> and there are people that still liked watching everybody loves Raymond. But, but like, who are those people? Yeah, who like, are they? Yeah, everybody else is kind of like, all right, we've seen this. 
Uh, everything, so the show wasn't even good after the third or fourth season. Let's just move on. The Saints are the everybody loves Raymond in the NFL. <laughs> I love that I like analogy. That. I knew some girls who thought that uh, – that Ray Romano was hot? No, oh. who thought that the mom on that show was hilarious. <laughs> and they were just – they were the biggest fan of the mom. And I was just like, you can't watch that show. Stop. Patricia Heaton, I believe her name Oh, that – no, I, I meant Ray's mom. Oh, but Patricia, wow. old lady. Patricia Heaton was just a pure, wanton, evil person. That's ageist. I've never man. seen the program myself. Oh, she Is was. It? She did. She spent the whole show yelling at Ray. It was awful. All right. Yeah, that's true. Wes, calm bad. down. Wes, don't get so worked up about everybody loves Ray. <laughs> well, you know, you know my theory on '90s television shows. They they exist. All sitcoms from the '90s exist only. To pound the idea into females' heads that all men are cavemen, and you must be the stronger one in the relationship. <laughs> Colleen, your thoughts? Um, that's a strong opinion. All right, let's move on. I love when Wes gets fired up on random stuff. No, 1990 sitcoms. Go back and watch them all. Every man is an idiot who can't do anything right. Um, <laughs> let's move on. Oh, my God. I, I like the th- I've heard you say the theory before. I've never heard it's it. It's 100% factually I will, correct. I will watch closely next time I watch a 90s sitcom. Uh, to see for myself if that's true. Let's move on. An AFC South matchup. The AFC South, which, uh, Colleen, I don't know if you're aware, Mm. is but. This one is a Colts (laughs) at Titans. And I'll tell you what, Wes. I'm I'm smarting a little bit. Nobody cares about anybody's fantasy teams. But I did drop Marcus Mariota to pick up Tony Romo three weeks ago. (laughs) Used up all my budget. And I said, oh, this is a beautiful move. It's going to work out. It's going to be the biggest bang fest ever because not only is Marcus Mariota (laughs) Mariota again, Tony Romo ain't going to play. Daddy's in trouble. Wes, Mariota back? No. Oh, okay. You would think so by the passer ratings and the touchdowns. He missed a lot of throws last week, a lot of easy throws that would have helped his receivers get runs, get yards after the catch. And he hit some big throws. Both of them were diving catches by Kendall Wright and Richard Matthews. I don't think Mariota's back. I don't think he's comfortable yet in this offense. The results are a little bit better, but he's also playing some stinking dog teams. Is Kendall Wright back? Kendall Wright is back, and he is their best receiver. And, you know, on the Colts side of the ball, there you could go through a whole season and not find too many losses that were stomach punch bad as Sunday nights. A game, a game was over against a Houston Texans team where they had showed no signs of life. Their entire home fan base had poured out of that building. 14-point lead for the Colts with five minutes to go, and they don't find a way. Uh, we might be talking about a little bit of a hot-butt situation uh, in Indianapolis right now. Uh, they got to win some games, and if, if they go into Tennessee and fall to 2-5... and five, I can't with this drop. This Why? drop is so uncomfortable. Listen. Every time I hear it, when I'm not here, yeah. I, it makes me so skittish. Listen. I can't. I can't. Listen, that's Chaz Pagano's butt. <laughs> that's awful. Roasting. That's it sounds obviously, like somebody's being tortured. That's a fake whimper. That's It is what it is. That's life in the NFL. Wes, J- uh, Chuck Pagano in trouble if they can't find a way to win this game. He should be. GM should be in trouble. Everybody should be in trouble except the quarterback and the running back. Yeah, they're not going to be able to run the ball like they did last week. Frank Gore, he went off, but I feel like the Titans have been able to to do well against the run. Yeah, this, they have. A, it's going to be another fifty-five games or so before they have a one hundred <laughs> yard rusher. In Indy, so. This analysis isn't really hard. Right. The Titans have back-to-back games of six sacks, and the Colts. Andrew Luck has been sacked twenty-three times, the most of any quarterback in the NFL. Seems like it might be a problem for the Colts' offensive line in this game. Mm. Mm. And one last thing before we get out of this game, because, you know, like I said, this is a butt game. But um, 
DeMarco Murray, explain this to me, Wes. Yes? The Cowboys drove him into the ground two years ago, and he didn't look like the same guy last year, played an entire season, uh, looked slow, couldn't get to the hole, couldn't get around the corner. And now all of a sudden he's back to uh, the 2014 version, and he's two years older. What am I missing here? How did this happen? Several things going on here. By the end of the 2014 season in which he was Offensive Player of the Year, you could see his legs were gone. They, the Cowboys had used him up. You can't carry the ball. You can't touch the ball 500 times in a season, and he touched the ball 497 times. So you see this a lot with guys who have 400 touches in a season. They're terrible the next year because their legs are gone and they're injured for a good portion of the year. And then they bounce back to a certain degree the next year, maybe not all the way back. And also Chip Kelly's offense wasn't suitable for him. Maybe they should keep Derrick Henry a little bit more involved just to keep Murray. Absolutely. You would think. Absolutely. Remember how excited everyone was about that one-two punch, and then Murray looked so good it almost it made him uh, made Henry irrelevant. But maybe that's maybe they'll do it this week because Lamar Miller he went off last week. He did well against them, so maybe this is the week that they get both Demarco and Derrick Henry involved again. Anybody can run on the cools. Exactly. Let's uh, move on, and we'll talk about what might be uh, one of the games of the week, if not the game of the week, at least in the NFC. The Minnesota Vikings five and zero coming off uh, their bye week. They head to Philadelphia. Uh, to face the Eagles and the Eagles uh, who were three and0 are now three and two and uh, Wes uh, what in your mind has separated the Eagles of the first three weeks from the Eagles that, that have lost their last two games what has changed the offensive line big V big V is a problem big V Vitai playing right tackle in place of suspended Lane Johnson Got worked over by Ryan Kerrigan last week. Kerrigan had three sacks in the first half alone. Did you see his jersey after the first play yes. of the game? It looked like it went through a shredder, Carson Wentz. Yeah. Uh, I thought you were talking about Large V. <laughs> large, <laughs> large V was an issue. And yeah. Jason Kelsey, the center, has had a pretty bad year. He, he's been good in the past. Jason Peters isn't really himself anymore, his all-pro self. When everybody was healthy and playing well, you could hide Kelsey – Peters could play just well enough, but you had Lane Johnson and both guards playing at a really high level. Now you've got two or three problem areas on that line, and that is a recipe for disaster. You make the Redskins look like a ferocious pass rushing team. Now you've got the Vikings coming in. This is a this is the kind of matchup that can lose a game. I'm worried about Carson Wentz in this game. Just with you have Daniil Hunter, who's going to be going after Big V, Large V. Large V. Giant V. v. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And then, like you said, Jason Kelsey. I mean, he's going to have Linval Joseph coming at him. Linval Joseph can bench press Kelsey, lift him up over his head, and just throw him. I mean, Kelsey's the lightest center in the league, and Linval Joseph is the best nose tackle in the league. It's a bad match. Uh, well, here we you know, Colleen. What? What? You know, what? You're from v- you tell me. You're from v- Philly, and you've been through a lot of tough times uh, with the Eagles. And you, tell, tell me what I've been through in my life, Dan. You've been through <laughs> a lot of highs under Andy Reid and a lot of lows, and you, you subscribe to the notion that what, must, what goes up must, must come, come down. down. So you're thinking now the Eagles are going to tank just this because is everything it. started so well. But you know what? I don't think the Eagles are going to tank. I would like – Every, to hear everyone's game pick on this one, but my pick here is the Philadelphia Eagles. I think what? the Vikings. Really? I think the Vikings are due for a loss. I respect the Vikings. I, lo- I really like what they've seen. After all, they are the team of A T L. Team. Team. <laughs> <laughs> nice graphic. Is folks. this like a Sam Bradford thing that you have going on here? 
I, listen, do I trust Sam Bradford? Not totally. Do I trust him on the road? Not entirely. He, this is on the road, but he's used to playing in this I stadium. Know. Yeah, but he played absolutely uh, at a mediocre level when he was in this building. I'm just saying I think the Vikings are going to get picked off, and I think the Eagles are a legitimately good team. And at home, coming off two losses, I like the spot for Philly here. I, the one thing I will agree with you about is Sam Bradford. He knows the the defense's weaknesses probably better than anybody. So he knows that he's going to be able to exploit the heck out of that secondary. Just Plus, say hell. You could say hell. I don't know. Can I? Yeah, go ahead. All right. He's going to exploit the hell out of them. Oh, you know, so, some class going. Okay, fine. Um, I don't believe in hell. But <laughs> this is this is going all over the place. But you have um, – isn't Stephon Diggs going to be back too in this game? Should Save be. it for the theology podcast, Wes. All right. <laughs> and we saw Deshaun Jackson and Pierre Garçon, what they did last week against the Eagles. So, look, I think that Sam Bradford and Stephon Diggs will probably do the same. But, I mean, I'm, I'm picking the Vikings in this game. I think the slide is real. I think the Eagles are reeling. Mm. And this mm. matchup is terrible for them. I like the Vikings convincingly. Okay. Well, I'll show you guys. I'll uh, show all of you. Is this your your lock? No. No, no, no. Okay. Not locking it up. You asked me if I'm locking it up. No, I am. Not locking it up. <laughs> okay. Let's uh, <laughs> move on, and we'll talk about uh, AFC North battle between the Cleveland Browns, zero and six. Wouldn't it be fitting, by the way, and not fitting in a great way, and not one that would that be- they get their first win? No. Well, that would be somewhat fitting too. But wouldn't it be so Browns? If the Cavs win the NBA title and then the Indians, who are now in the World Series, win baseball's world championship and then the Browns drop an 0-16 hammer. <laughs> oh, no. Would that That's be awful? That would probably be, though, a rock bottom, you would think. Finally, rock bottom. Still that- a long way to go. Wow. If if there was a year that they were going to do it, it would definitely be this year in that very scenario. Cosmically, we're going to truly find out if uh, God hates the Browns, if that were to happen. But a long way to go for both. <laughs> I don't Indians. believe in that either. And co- Save it for the theology. Oh, okay. podcast, Listen. Wes. So, Wes, you roll in here with your handsome Henley shirt today <laughs> and, you, and your breast cancer awareness pin centered on your shirt. Dan cannot stop staring at Wes. <laughs> and you're talking about God and, and hell and the things that you don't believe in. Well, believe in this. The Cleveland Browns transition. Uh, are better than an 0-6 team on some level. They're competitive in Cincinnati, Colleen. Yes. They haven't been the Bengals this year. Not the Bengals of last year, anyway. No. Still waiting for Tyler Eifert to be back. He said today that he's ready. He participated in 11-on-11s 11 11 today. Um, but he really hasn't obviously been himself because first it was the ankle, then it was the back. But today he said that his ankle, it feels great. So now he's just sort of waiting on the back. And it was pouring today at practice, and he was able to cut. Mm. He was able to plant that foot. Um, So he's sort of nursing his way back. It's obviously not his decision whether or not he'll be on the field. So if he is on the field on Sunday, he'll probably be limited, I would think. Um, But this is a good matchup for A.J. Green because Joe Hayden, he missed practice again today. So I think it would probably be him against like Tracy Howard. Is that who is there? It's, I don't know. Somebody, somebody who I'm not sure, and that says a lot. So you have A.J. Green against him. And look, the Browns did a good job with DeMarco. So Jeremy Hill, he's not 100%. They probably won't run the ball well. So it's going to be all in the air. Browns held DeMarco Murray down in large part because Danny Shelton, their yeah. first-round pick last year, is finally playing great. Uh, dominating the line of scrimmage. He looks like another nucleus player for them. So I, I think 
they're 0-6, but they're playing everyone tough, and you're finding building blocks. Christian Kirksey at middle linebacker, or at inside linebacker, Danny Shelton, Corey Coleman, who should be back in the next week or two, and Terrell Pryor, who mm-hmm. is just jumping over defensive backs to catch balls. I think the Browns, things are starting to look up, even if it's not showing in the box score. Cody Kessler looks like he's going to stay in the starting lineup even when Josh McCown is ready to return, which is the right decision here, I think. Uh, one thing to keep an eye on, Terrell Pryor is such an important part of this offense. He has a hamstring issue, uh, has not practiced yet as of uh, Thursday, so we'll see if he practices and if he does how much on Friday. So we don't know how much. If they don't have Pryor, that's a major hit to their offense, especially when uh, pieces like, Gary Bonish, where you been all season, Gary? I talked to you. I figure you're going for 60 catches and at least 800 yards and seven touchdowns. Well, say you disappear. Where you been, Gary? It's, uh, he's going to be around all Sunday. He's looking in a mirror, by the way, talking to himself there. <laughs> His production lives and dies with Josh McCown. Mm. He's a McCown favorite. A McCown That's no good. favorite. Uh, and also, this is Hugh Jackson's uh, first game. Uh, against ah. Cincinnati. Hugh Jackson. Game? Revenge game? We're really hazy on revenge games here. Oh. It's not our thing. Also, James White was able to run well, so maybe Duke Johnson will be able to do a good job since um, Carlos Dansby is sort of struggling right now. I think he's struggling more in pass coverage. Yeah. He's struggling mightily in pass coverage. Bad. Perfect did too against the Patriots. There, there might be something to the Hugh Jackson revenge game angle mm. because word around the campfire in Cincinnati was that he and Marvin Lewis had a succession plan in place. That Marvin would coach another year or two, he would take over, and Mike Brown nixed it. Hmm. Whoa. Succession plans do not Stop always. Stop staring at my shirt. <laughs> it's a nice shirt. <laughs> succession plans do not always work out. Do you want me out. to get out of here? You Should I leave you two alone? I, I don't know what the last shirt comment was. I wasn't even looking at it. I was looking at Wes. Okay. Succession plans don't always work out because once upon a time, I will remind everyone in the world that Bill Belichick was supposed to uh, replace Bill Bel- uh, Bill Parcells. Nah, that didn't work out for the Jets. Mm-mm. Whatever. Let's move on. The guy resigns on like a cocktail napkin. Show some class. That was Belichick. one of the most bizarre things I've ever seen in the NFL. I would love to do that. Yeah. Resign on a cocktail? Yeah. yeah that <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Now, as we said, Greg Rosenthal uh, is in London. A hero, one of the boys, one of the American boys going overseas, see, to fight for our country or fight for the NFL, cover the NFL. And now we bring him live from London via the phone, Mr. Rosenthal. What is happening? <laughs> hey, Rosie. <laughs> My. This is my second time today talking to Connor. By the way, I mean, I was Connor. talking to Colleen. You can call me Connor. Um, you know, Connor, Colleen, it's late at night here. Dan, your Barnage accent. I used to think yeah. oh, this is kind of a silly, silly thing that he does. Not very accurate. That's all anyone talks like around here. It's basically millions of Gary Barnages surrounding me. I, wow. Greg, I appreciate that. And it's funny. Do you hear your theme song, by the way? Jaunty. I hear it vaguely. I hear it lightly. Yes, <laughs> I like it. Um, There's a tambourine involved. I just did a barnage right before you came on, so it's, it's fitting. I, that's what I'm commenting on. Oh, okay, that's you did I'm hear saying. it. I mean, it was like it was like being back out in the streets. Listening <laughs> to that. What's going on in London, Greg? Besides oh, the voices. So many things. We did a. I did a, a hit outside of uh, 
Big Ben in Parliament. We've been I've been going up to uh, the Rams practice. They're staying at a strangely at like a five star luxury resort, which is very quaint in the English countryside with fireplaces and Ooh, that everything. Sounds lovely. It, it is. It's a, it's a strange place to see like three hundred pound men in like sweatpants ducking through doorways because they don't fit them at all. But but it's a it's a lovely locale. Can we throw up, if anyone's watching this on YouTube, can we throw up that board again? I just want, Greg, you to know how you're being described uh, to anyone <laughs> watching the show. Uh, hash, these are different uh, bullet points. Around the NFL hero, former boss, mm. rules from his throne of ease, and a lifelong contrarian. What do you think about that? Accurate. Well, my first instinct was to disagree with the lifelong contrarian <laughs> thing, but you've painted me into a corner here. Um, yeah, you're in a tough spot there. So what's, you've been, uh, uh, you've been covering the Rams exclusively or, or both sides of this? Well, the Giants don't get here till oh, that's right. tomorrow, Friday, uh, as, uh, as we're taping this. So I've been up at the Rams, got there just in time to catch the end of, uh, them talking on Wednesday and then was up, up there at practice in, uh, in lovely, I don't know where it is, Twickenham. Stadium. You're you near go. Twickenham Stadium. Twickenham, known as the Twix. Twix. Twickers. Yeah. Don't say Twickenham. There's a lot of uh, a lot of podcast fans, though, in the media. I have to say, uh, other other guys who have their own podcast. I think they're all vaguely disappointed. It's it's me here instead of Connor <laughs> and Mark, but but they're doing <laughs> doing what they can. Um, have you managed to stumble upon any secret? Jeff Fisher meetings where he's going over his plan to go seven and nine this year. <laughs> no, but um, but along those lines, you know, Steve Weiss, I'll just say, reported uh, just now on NFL Network that that you know you never know if they'll make a change to Jared Goff during this bye week. So uh, depending on how Case Keenum plays in this game, if he doesn't play too well. Uh, it sounds like they're going to doff more practice reps regardless and that, that they're getting a little closer to itching towards putting him in a lineup. And to me, that's, that might be a recipe for 7-9. That might be a recipe for 6-10 and 10 or 5-11. and 11. Yeah, But you know what, Greg? I think even if it does mean them taking a step back, that would be a positive. I've, I've, I, that's been my opinion, that they need to get this guy in the lineup when they think the time is right. They shouldn't hold on with the hope that they go 9-7 and sne- seven and sneak in the playoffs. I agree, and the the way the Giants' defense is playing lately, and the way you know, I know the Rams are coming off a good offensive game, but that was against the banged up Lions team. It would not surprise me at all for Case Keenum to look a lot worse this week, and if and if that's the case, I, I do kind of think we might see Goff coming out of there by. Greg, we've been reluctant to give this coaching staff much credit. Do you think Rob Boris deserves some credit for how? Mm relatively well Case Keenum has played and, and Kenny Britt having a career year. Kenny Britt playing like somebody lit a fire under his butt too. Yeah, I, I think that's fair that they've maximized what they have. And, the fun, you know, the thing, everyone has given Todd Gurley a pass. Dan's kind of hit this note a little bit lately. Like, is it is it some on Todd Gurley? And, and watching that last game against the Lions, he had some holes. I mean, he had some holes. I think if if some of the best running backs in the league got the amount of holes that he did in the first half, they would have ripped off some bigger games. Like he's getting the five, six, seven, but he's not. I don't know what it is, but he's not making 
the big the big plays. I did I, I not see these holes that. you're referring to. What? I did not see these holes you're referring to. <laughs> Coach's film, baby. I'm, I'm diving deep into the Rams this week. Greg, uh, what's going on with the defense and um, Robert Quinn? I know he's back, but they have a couple guys that are really banged up. Yeah, they're going to be without Tremaine Johnson, uh, their cornerback. I, I think the feeling with the Rams is that their defense isn't really that bad, but their cornerbacks are terrible. Like they're putting, <laughs> I think they're quietly putting the blame on on that position, especially without Tremaine Johnson. Meanwhile, they're playing the, the Giants with Janoris Jenkins, who was on their team last year, and Fisher said uh, that he's playing better than any cornerback in the league. So I think mm-hmm. I think they re- regret letting Janoris Jenkins go, and I don't think Johnson's going to be back. He he was limping around. Uh, in a boot today, but yes, they do get they do get Robert Quinn back, which is nothing else should help Aaron Donald, who who they were talking about is now getting triple teamed sometimes on plays. Um, Greg, so before we let you go here, you have to tell yeah. us um, what what are you doing out there? Like, are you first of all, we want to know when you're meeting all the fans at the at the pub. You're going to drink. I'm thinking like seventy five uh, pints. And there's cobblestones, so you got to be careful when you're walking home. Where I is, lived there a couple months. Yeah, where's where is the big meetup? And beware of the cobblestone. Don't get cobblestoned. Ah. Huh? All right, Wes. Ooh. All right, Wes. That's, we'll give it to you. Co- yeah, nice cobblestone is more my style, but um, I don't know when we're gonna meet up. I don't know. I've been. Uh, a well, lot there will be no time. meetup, everybody. I just want you to know. That. <laughs> oh, please. That's terrible. That's on Greg. I, I am gonna make it happen. You are. I'm trying to get through. Oh. I've only been here for a little over 24 hours, and half okay. of that has been spent in in cars and cabs. Like the the practice facility, okay. two hours away in traffic. Oh my God. Uh, then there was a lot of going around today. I'm going to some availabilities tomorrow. I'm writing some stuff. Oh, so it's, right. it's a grand time. But Saturday, I think Saturday would be the day. Sunday. You know what? I if this happens, which it won't. If it does, I owe you an apology. In fact, I'll buy you a sandwich. Oh. Well, you know how I hate losing, you know, bets. So I might just hold it just to get that sandwich. All you know right. what I mean? There you go. Like it was on, it was on the borderline. You also know that I'm not much of a planner. So if this No, is this, happen, it's not just that I think you're antisocial. You're not like a bar guy or a guy that likes to booze a lot. I'm saying uh, the the planning of it, everything that goes along with it, I just I can't see it coming together. That's just my prediction. That's all. Wow, this you know, seems like just, a challenge. A little bit. The power of the around the NFL podcast is such. I think you could just send a tweet out. It's like a bat signal, and just the the Hanzoos fans are going to come flocking from all over the city. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of Rosie fans too, Greg. So just be careful. Look out for stalkers. Uh, be safe, <laughs> wear the cobblestone, and uh, should we check in with you on Sunday? I don't know what the time situation is going to be. Is that not a realistic yeah. thing? Okay, so let's talk again on Sunday. I look forward to it. All right. Bye, Greg. Bye, Rosie. Bye, Greg. Bye, Wes. Let's Bye, play Colin. him out. See you, Dan. <laughs> Where'd you find this music? We send our boys overseas, and we want them back. We want our boys back, too. But we send the right ones overseas, and they send a leader like Greg. Schmazzy. Which war was this? World War II? WW2. The Great War. World War One. the song was over there, over there. Do you remember that? I don't remember it. <laughs> I we all remember it well. Uh, one more note about this game because it's becoming a story around the league. Uh, Josh Brown, the Giants kicker, who, of course, was suspended one game for a 
domestic uh, violence uh, situation. Some more came to light recently, uh, as recently as today, Thursday, which has now led to the Giants' decision to not have Brown travel uh, to London. So I think um, Josh Brown's uh, career with the Giants um, – at the very least, could be in danger now because of his domestic violence uh, past that more and more is coming to light. Not a good situation for the Giants and maybe one they could have handled this situation better. You'd like to see them get in front of this, not behind it next time. Exactly. Maybe they'll learn. Uh, Let us move on and talk about another NFC East team, the Washington Redskins back here in the States. They travel to Detroit to face uh, the Lions. And uh, I don't know, Wes, I feel like I've been – on this train a little sooner than other people, that the Lions are a kind of fun team, that they're not a great team, but a team you, you watch their games and they're going to play some entertaining games. And we know Matty Stafford's going to be throwing the ball around and Cooter's going to be doing his Cooter stuff. Uh, I'm in on this Lion team. They're fun to watch this year. They are fun to watch. Stafford played a brilliant game last week. According to Pro Football Focus, his accuracy rate, which factors in spiked balls, uh, throwaways, mm was 93.1%, which is about as high as you're going to see. He was on point. And their offense is a little bit different this year. They throw mostly within 10 yards and get everybody going after the catch. He did have one really nice throw on a a, uh, free play when it was a defensive offsides and hit Golden Tate for a big play. Golden Tate, I don't know why he hasn't been good all year because he looked spectacular he looked last awesome. Didn't he look just like the guy that had 99 catches? I don't know where he's been. He he was right back to the, his old ways of celebrating and being Golden yeah. Tate. Uh, if, he, if he's back now and you pair him with Marvin Jones, their offense is even going to be bigger. And Anquan Bolden, also, by the way, uh, it's Matthew Stafford. We cannot refer to him as Matt Stafford. That was a note that uh, NFL Network received. Who Really? Yeah. I called him Matty. Is that allowed? No, I don't think so. I think it's got to be Matthew. Keep that calling makes, him Matty. See if yeah. you get a note. I Matt, want a note. Why can't I call him Matt Stafford? I think it's – you know what I think it is? M- Matt Stafford kind of sounds like a frat boy from Alabama. Well, isn't that what he is? Oh, he's from Dallas. Oh, from mm. Dallas. And Matthew. More refined. A little more refined. I think that's what he's going for. Okay, that makes sense. So we have to take this seriously. Like, we can't call Adam Jones Pac-Man. We have to call Michael Vick Mike Vick. I mean, we, can't we just not pay I attention know. to this? We can do whatever we want. And by the way, and this is one of the stranger subplots of the whole season, uh, just like the the Bills have turned it around, the Redskins are now four and two. So before, you know, as much as I'm saying, I think the Lions are fun and the, and all this stuff, and they're not an easy beat at home. I, we cannot discount the Redskins, Colin, because yeah. they, they're winning every single week now. Not to mention Matt Jones. Look, he's been running well, and he'll probably probably have another good game with Haloti Nada out. I would expect that. Plus, like the Lions don't really have a good pass rush. So, Kirk Cousins, whatever you think of him, he'll probably have time to throw. Yeah, Deshaun Jackson has not practiced this week. Jordan Reed tried to practice limited Wednesday and then was held out on Thursday again. So, it could be uh, his weapons could be a little diminished, Kirk Cousins. Maybe he'll throw another touchdown to Vernon Davis, who will not fake shoot a free throw this time. Because You can't fake shoot a free throw, but you can mimic the Incredible Hulk, which Ryan Kerrigan did three times. There are so Um, many rules. How do we know which arbitrary and capricious rule to follow this week? I don't know. Uh, Wes, before we move on, I just want you to know. (laughs) You ready for this? Yes. Is your Henley ready for this? Oh, I don't know. I don't think my Henley's ready for this jelly. (laughs) 
Joe Barry revenge game. Wow. You really pulled that one oh, from the ether. Oh, man. <laughs> Let's move on. Another 1 p.m. game. The Oakland Raiders team of ATL runner-up at the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, listen, nobody cares about my fantasy team. But in my two-quarterback league, not only did I drop Marcus Mariota and pick up Tony Romo. What else did you do? My other starter is Blake Bortles. What? Oh, no. What a nightmare this season <laughs> oh my is. God. And you know why? Because I got sucked into our own podcast and said, Blake Bortles and Marcus Mariota will take me to the promised land. <laughs> oh, no. Anyway, Blake Bortles has been terrible. But here we go, Wes. At home against the Raiders defense, they can't stop anybody. If ever Jacksonville is going to get their offense going, how about this week? I don't see it, Dan. Oh. And I'll tell you oh. what. You know, I think the world of Greg Rosenthal's quarterback index, we're almost always in lockstep. In his first paragraph, he writes, he includes Blake Bortles among the quarterbacks who had their best game of the season last week. And I, I got to tell you, I thought he was awful. <laughs> they didn't move the ball for three quarters. They finally come back and score 17 points in the fourth quarter with Blake Bortles relying almost wholly on defensive penalties to move the ball. Right. It wasn't his passing, which he still has a major hitch in his delivery. He kicks his back leg out like a baseball pitcher. It takes him forever to wind That's up. That's it. Sydney, get the Jaguars on the phone. I want Wessling speaking with their offensive coordinator. Who's Sydney just OC? jumped up, by the way. <laughs> I, I want Wes to fix this mechanical flaw. Can you do it for us, Sid? You know I'm going to do my best. Okay. Well, this is why he's getting so many balls batted down at the line of scrimmage. It's why he's throwing Alan Hearns into double coverage and taking big hits over the middle because it takes him three seconds to wind up and throw the ball. Mm. But Oakland's, Oakland's secondary, they've sort of struggled, though Sean Smith, he does look so much better than he did at the beginning of the year. But, yeah, they don't look good. This, and I have Alan Hearns, which I'm ready to drop because he's not doing anything Nothing's for me, working on Jacksonville's offense. Well, here's, here's a telling stat. Alan Robinson led the NFL last year in plays of 20 or more yards. This year, he's not in the top 50 in plays of 20 or more. Blake Bortles is sinking this offense. Something's got to give here. Jacksonville or nothing, or this is just going to be a terrible game because this is the number 29-ranked offense in Jacksonville and the last-ranked uh, defense in Oakland. So, you know, Oakland, though, at 4-2, and two, uh, if they can, like I've said, and one of the reasons I, I push them hard as the team of ATL is that as bad as their defense has been, they've been able to steal some games so once you give yourself a little cushion, if you can figure some things out on defense and go from being 31 to, say, 20 or so, and your offense stays your offense, you're an 11-win team in my mind, but they got to start turning the corner a little bit here. Uh, it's getting late early. Yeah, the Raiders' offensive line has looked really, really good. So Derek Carr will be able to throw. I mean, the Jags' pass rush really, really struggles. So I think yeah, he'll be that? able to – where is that? What are I don't the stories know. I heard about their defense? What happened to Saxonville? Yeah. What happened to it? What, what about that Sydney? beach house? That beach house, we're told it's in Miami. It's on the not beach, on the beach. But it's not even on the beach. No. And I was in Miami with my new beach house. Don't you lie well, to me. It was a couple minutes from the beach. God damn it, don't you lie to me. <laughs> I love one, her. One great, one bright spot for this defense, Jalen Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey. real. He takes it as a personal insult when you complete a pass on him, which is a sign of, yeah, great cornerback. Great cornerback. And he is a great cornerback already. All right, so let's uh, let's move on now. Oh, hell, let's pick that game. Oakland Jacks. Uh, I got the offense just because I need it to happen. Uh, Jacksonville's offense is – no, I can't do it. I think Oakland and Blackjack Del Rio will pull another one out of the uh, – rabbit out of the hat. 
Close win, two to three point win for the Raiders. I won't be picking the Jaguars again the rest of the year until Blake Bortles <laughs> fixes that delivery. That's fair. Raiders, five and two. Raiders. Mark it in. Are you locking it? No. <laughs> it's not my lock. It's not my lock. Oh, Mark wasn't here today. I should say he's locking in uh, Bengals lose to Browns. He's been talking about it all week. The Bra- He's picking the Browns again. He, he has said that the Bengals are going to lose this game. He's locking that wow. up. Wow. He didn't give me permission to say that, but I'm saying it anyway. Mark Mark thinks it's a lock. All right. I respect it. I hope he's all right. <laughs> and while we're here, is he thinking straight? I, cause, <laughs> you know what? And I forgot mine now. Bad job by you me. You forgot your lock? I forgot my lock. I'm it's locking up. I know. I am locked. I got caught up with Greg in London. I'm locking up the Giants uh, beating the Rams in London. Lock that up. Okay. Misplaced locks of the week. <laughs> I've gotten four straight locks of the week wrong, but it's all changing uh, starting <laughs> What a great segment. Sunday. You've gotten four straight locks of the week wrong. <laughs> That's part of the, the, the sauce of the The je ne sais quoi. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Let's uh, move on, talk about an AFC East matchup. Uh, the Buffalo Bills, who have won four straight games um, ever since they got beat on Thursday night by the Jets, they have turned their season around unbeatable since and look damn good. And now they travel to Miami. Damn good. Damn good. I don't uh, believe in damning either. Wes, save it for the expletive podcast. Um, oh, you're saying damning. Like that could be theology. Oh, like damn, that's theology yeah. as well. Okay, I got you. Anyway, Colleen. Dolphins, uh, they beat the Steelers last week. Give them credit. Nice job. Nobody thought you were going to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, can they go on? And this is the reason why. And everybody thought I was crazy on Tuesday show. I was not going to fork the Dolphins yet, I think they have a little run in them to make people think, oh, maybe they're not so bad. And I kind of think that run continues right now against the Ooh. Bills. Uh, what do you think about this game? Okay, well, I think that you're on to something there because, sure, the Dolphins um, won the game in part because Ben Roethlisberger was hurt. But this was the first game all year that the Dolphins had their, their entire offensive line mm. intact. So you had Laramie Tunsil, Brandon Albert, and Mike Pouncey all there. They all had missed time at some point during the year. So that's a huge reason why Jay Ajayi was able to run. He ran for over 200 yards. Everybody knows that by now. But in this matchup, Marcel Darius I was not aware. Thank you. Is not going to play. And I I mean, I would think that Jay Ajayi is going to be able to take advantage of that matchup. Also, um, I mean, I just I feel like on the other side of things that you have Anthony Lynn. Anthony Lynn, I feel like, is this year's Jim Bob Cooter because everybody Ooh. is sort of like, oh, once Anthony Lynn came in here, everything turned around. And so it's like they won. Wait, good Mark wow. Sessler impression. <laughs> that was very – I even did, like, the hands and everything. Yeah. Yeah. But it's so true. They've been running the ball well, and LaShawn McCoy looks like a completely different player in this system with whatever they're doing. Um, well, they're running the ball. That's a different thing. Three touchdowns in that game last well, week. Here's a problem. LaShawn McCoy on Wednesday suffered a hamstring injury yeah. in practice. And the way it was explained, not a serious hamstring injury, but also not a precautionary remove from practice one, like a more in the moderate range. He's right now expected as a game-time call. And that's terrible news for Buffalo because this guy had hit a groove now, and he is the centerpiece west of this offense. There's no doubt, right? I think at what point – at, at, you have to ask at what point do the injuries start to mount for the Bills because it sounds like it's trending toward McCoy not playing. Robert Woods has not practice. Sammy Watkins is out. Those are their three best weapons on offense. 
I don't know. It's gonna be it's gonna be a tougher game than people think. They've outscored opponents one twenty four to fifty three over the last four games, which is flat out domination. But they're gonna be severely undermanned in Miami. Yeah, Tyrod Taylor is gonna be under a ton of pressure too, so he's gonna have to get a lot of yards scrambling. You know what else this is, Wes? Oh no! What revenge game? A wounded duck game? Not a wounded duck game. It is. Oh, oh, <gasps> uh, ah! I can't. Three, ah! two, one. The guy who used to be the head coach, and I can't remember his name. No. Ah. No, Colleen, no. Who? Doug Marone. He's the yeah. offensive line ah. coach of Jacksonville. Yes. Just pipe down, Colleen. Just relax a second. Doug, okay. Doug Marone. Doug Marone is who <laughs> This is the, about. guys, Marone. the Mario Williams revenge game. He's got oh. many revenge agendas. This is one of them. Uh, can he get revenge from the bench? I don't know. I thought he'd be cut this week, but he's still there. <laughs> I, thought you, I thought you made that your lock of the week. Did I lock that up? I don't know. Lock it up? No, I didn't <laughs> lock it up. All right, let's move on. Uh, the uh, Baltimore Ravens. Everything was great. They were three and three and zero. Oh. Mm-hmm. What goes up must, must come, come down. down. Three and three now. Now a three game losing streak. They lost at the Meadowlands uh, last Sunday to the Giants, and they stay at the Meadowlands this week to face the Jets uh, at one and five. It's all over for the Jets. And Ryan Fitzpatrick, something that we were not aware of last time we were uh, with you, he was. In fact, bench Fitzmagic. Uh, Fitzmagic is no more. Uh, they are putting Geno Smith in the lineup. And, uh, Colleen, is that going to change anything uh, for the Jets on offense, in your opinion? <laughs> Stop laughing. No, it's not. I'm sorry. I mean, Eric well, could Decker. It make, could it make them worse? I mean. Well, they. Yes. Yeah, yeah I think so. Could. I mean, the turnovers. Well, the the, the problem is. The Ravens are also super injured, so they have so many guys that are banged up. So it won't be the same team that Geno Smith is facing. Um, Terrell Suggs is out. Del- Elvis Dumerville won't play. C.J. Mosley is banged up. Jimmy Steve Smith. Smith's still out. Steve Smith, yeah. Marshall Yonda won't play. But, like, the team is so different. But in terms of the Jets, I guess it could get worse with Geno. According to our research department, 30 quarterbacks have thrown 800 passes since – uh, 2013, I believe, and Geno Smith ranks last in every major category. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing that has always surprised me about uh, our colleague Greg Rosenthal, who has always thought that Geno was a guy ready to turn the corner, and I think what happens, and some people do, and by the way, Jets Twitter, come back to me. Everyone, every six months or so, Jets Twitter comes after me because that's the our fan base. <laughs> We're just so sad and miserable that sometimes we just consume consume our own brood. <laughs> Out of anger and sadness, and it was my like turn cannibalism? yesterday because I had I had the onions to state uh, that I wasn't huge on the idea of giving Geno the Smith uh, the starting job uh, during a time where he's been you know running his mouth to reporters and and showing up uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick on the sideline by acting like a goober. I didn't love the decision to give Geno this job, and I got killed for it. Whatever. But here's the thing: who has a strong opinion like that? It's Geno Smith. That was That's weird. Point. That's my other point. Jets fans, don't come after me ever. But number two, <laughs> wow, number <laughs> two, number two, let's spin forward as a fan base. We thought we had a win now team. We don't win. Uh, so now we got to figure out what's next. And that does not mean Ryan Fitzpatrick. And it doesn't mean Geno Smith. How long before we can get Bryce Petty into a game and get a look at this kid? That's my the only thing I'm taking from the season now is when can I see Bryce Petty or maybe Christian oh, Hackenberg? That's what that I'm is- going 
That is God. pathetic. Are you saying Jets fans like you guys should all come together and together you will be better and that will never happen. Ripping each other apart. I would love that to happen. Wes, you say it's pathetic, but that's what a team has to do. I say it's when, pathetic because there's no reason to think that Bryce Petty is some kind of answer. But we don't know. Nobody thought that Dak Prescott was the answer this year before he started. Well, that's playing. not a comparison you can even make. Because Bryce Petty has embarrassed himself in the preseason, and Dak Prescott has played really well. You're thinking of Christian Hackenberg. Man. No, I'm, th- I'm thinking of Bryce Petty. Bryce Petty looked good in the preseason this what year. What about the year before? He, well, that, he, was, that was his uh, Hackenberg redshirt year coming out of that Baylor system. He made some really nice plays in the preseason. I'm not saying Bryce Petty's the answer, but it's a waste of time right now with Geno Smith, who's not going to be on this team next year. It's a, that's all the Jets fans have right now. It, How's well, Keith doing? Did you hear his voicemail? Yeah. How's he do? That's why I'm checking on him. He's not doing great. This has potential to be the worst game of the week. It's a it's two teams that are middle. Joe Flacco hasn't practiced yet this week, and their passing game was broken for a large stretch of the game against the Giants. They couldn't move the ball. Why don't we move on then and talk about well, this game's not much better, but <laughs> this game's worse. The Tampa Bay <laughs> oh Buccaneers. Uh two and three. We don't even have Greg here to pump up the Bucks, so this is not much. And or they, Kaepernick. Yeah, they're traveling to San Francisco. <laughs> Uh, to face uh, Colin Kaepernick and the 49ers, who have lost five straight after their annual, whoa, look, they're not that bad week one performance in front of Chris Berman in the world. Um, at the big bell bottom. Uh, but now, Wes, the Niners are running Colin Kaepernick back out there. And I know it's kind of a, um, a happy story for a lot of people because Kaepernick is – uh, his politics and the decision he's made, and you could definitely get behind him for how he's comported himself the last few months. But as a player, did you see anything as a player to to get excited about in his first start of the year? Uh, maybe his scrambling ability. Uh, this is another one I'm going to have to disagree with Greg on. He tried to paint this picture that Kaepernick was some upgrade on Gabbert or not entirely bad. And every uh, there's a there was a basically a hit piece on Kaepernick that came out from Bleacher to Bleacher Report with undisclosed Bills players saying he's done, he'll never be a good quarterback again. That was the reaction from the team that beat him. I saw a quarterback who missed more throws than any quarterback in the league last week. Even his touchdown throw was pretty gnarly. He yeah. missed so many throws, and I, I I like the stance he's taken. I think it's something America needs to discuss. But on the field, no, I don't think he's the answer for them. Yeah, I mean, when you watch this team, it's really hard to pick out bright spots with the 49ers in general. Um, I think the Bucks too, they just placed Vincent Jackson on injured reserve, not like he was a huge thing or anything. But it's just like it's tough to really pull anything out of this game that's that's great. Cameron Brait maybe, Adam Humphreys, Mike Evans. But, yeah. Um yeah, I don't think this needs too much more discussion this game. But I will tell you, Wes, because I know you love when I start digging through Ooh. the Week 7 research notes. This game needs it. Praise the Lord. Isn't this Greg's music? Yeah. Oh, okay. The Buccaneers have never won on a Week 7 road game. 0-15. Oh, <laughs> Lock it up. Are you kidding what me? What does that, that even mean? not in there. It is what it is. It I'm doesn't mean not. anything. I'm saying it's in the research packet. I believe it's in there. It just doesn't mean anything. I'm just saying. What if it was a week eight road game? They have it doesn't had, matter. <laughs> Why does it? That's my so... guess. You want my guess? They've been moderately more successful historically in week eight. Yeah. Week seven. That's a definition of a meaningless stat. Hey, take it up with the media research department, bro. Doug Martin it, will be back in this game. Right? I don't want to talk about this game anymore. Okay, Colin. fine, fine. Just, I'm like, Navarro Bowman, he's out. Fine, let's move on. Okay, let's go.
The Where? San Diego Superchargers. Oh, by the way, Maron. You know, I try. I was thinking about maybe we should fork these guys. And everybody in this room was like, no, the Chargers, they're going to the Super Bowl, man. So we didn't even come close to forking the Chargers. Because, Nor should we. Because, yeah, because they're so good at losing, like, close games. Uh, now they go to Atlanta to face a Falcons team that now 4-2. and two, uh, So they had their four-game winning streak snapped. And in my opinion, in a bogus manner in Seattle, I think they – I think, yes, Wes, you're right. They We don't know if they would have – uh, Atlanta would have finished off that drive in the last uh, minute of that game. I like to think they would have. I think they would have moved in and hit that kick, and they should be 5-1 and one right now. So I'm not even a Falcons fan, and I'm still mad about how that game played out. So my point being, Falcons are still looking good in my mind, even despite coming off a loss. And I fully expect, Colleen, uh, the Falcons to lay the wood on the Chargers. Is that right? Yeah. You disagree with me? I disagree. Okay, okay, let's hear you. I talk. disagree so much. Whoa. That this. What? <laughs> my lock of the week. You're locking it up. The Chargers. Make sure Chargers. we lock it. We don't it's, lock it. It is That's locked. It's locked in. It's loaded. Because what we do is we put things in the vault. Uh-huh. And we say we're going to lock them up. And then we go out and we get sandwiches or have a couple brews and we never lock it up. And that's why we keep losing these games. It will be locked up. I'm appalled at this pick. (laughs) (laughs) Explain yourself, Colin. You got to explain it. I just lock something up. Nobody has dropped. (laughs) I know. I'm, uh, you know, I'm getting crazy here. Uh, Nobody is a bigger fan of the Falcons than me right now. Really? I love watching that that offense. Uh, this, this you, the team, team you're picking against, nobody's a big yes, fan of them. Yes, that's why it's a, a surprising conflicting for me, statement. <laughs> but I just feel like everybody is so high right now on the Falcons that this game, and everybody wants to say, oh, San Diego, like they've only lost a couple games, or they've lost voice? like four games. <laughs> oh, San Diego. Oh. You know, that they, they kept losing. Finally, they went. Right. Finally, they won, right? Okay, okay. Now, this starts everything. Okay. They got Joey Bosa in there, who really helps improve the defense. The sure. offensive line is getting healthier and healthier. The Falcons really don't have a pass rush. Vic Beasley, he was great against the Broncos, but... I mean, I feel like that didn't even really count in that game. The Falcons, look, their linebackers have a really hard time covering tight ends. Hunter Henry, he came in here. He's really impressive. Yeah, he's a player. This this rookie season for him has been awesome. So you have, I mean, Greg Olson struggled against them or did well against them. Jimmy Graham did well against them. Plus, Melvin Gordon is going to have a really good chance of getting going here. Yeah, maybe even like three and a half yards of carry. Listen, (laughs) I'm just saying this is what's going to happen. Lock it in. That wasn't bad. That was a pretty good explanation. I really do think. Okay. I I, I disagree, but okay. The Falcons spent two weeks on the West Coast. They're tired, all right? Battling two very. <laughs> now you're getting all right, all right, all right, all right. This has shoot up potential. I fall somewhere between both of you guys. Dan's not giving the Chargers enough respect for being an offense can move the ball on anyone. Okay. They move the ball every week, but you, you're mentioning a lot of these matchups. Jason Vrett's out for the year. Who's going to cover Julio Jones? Who's going to cover Muhammad Sanu? Uh, who's going to cover Taylor Gabriel? Casey not to mention, Hayward might be in the slot. Not to mention the guys coming out of the backfield, Devontae Freeman and Tevin Coleman, who are the best complimentary backfield in the league. I just think the Falcons have way too many weapons for the Chargers, even though Joey Bosa, to me, I know Dan has been huge on him. He's a difference-making kind of talent. I just think the Val- Falcons have too many weapons. Bosa and Ingram will be able to get a lot of pressure on Matt Ryan. If they I don't can know. Do Their that, offensive line is really good. It is. This, to me, has – Playing at home. 175 yards and two touchdowns for Julio Jones written all over it. One of those mm. game plan wrecking type performances that sends a team scattered. 
The Chargers secondary win. is a little dicey. Yeah, I think these are the two highest scoring teams in the league. Yeah, it'll be uh it'll be a fun game to watch. If you like shootouts, let's move on. Who's your pick in the game was? Falcons. You're taking the Falcs. Like it. Moving on. Because I'm their biggest fan, not Colleen. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody likes the Falcons more than me. Apparently. Uh, <laughs> let's uh, move on to the Throne of Ease. And I'll tell you what. You want to talk about Throne of Ease. <laughs> Just so happens that Big Ben goes out of the lineup right before the big showdown against the Pats. So there will be no Ben Roethlisberger at Heinz Field on Sunday and maybe not for several more weeks beyond that. Uh, the initial report was he can miss as few as uh, just one game, but now it's looking like a more standard-type timetable for anybody that gets their knee cut open. Uh, but here we are now, Landry Jones versus Bill Belichick's defense. And, Wes, I don't like the sound of that. Are you ready for a hot take? Ooh. It. Want it? Need it. The, the Steelers should be thankful that Big Ben's not playing in this game. If he only misses a game or two – they can look back and have plausible deniability about the fact that the Patriots were going to whip them up and down the field in the game no matter what. Oh, my God. Because they can't get after the quarterback. They have no pass rush. Tom Brady is going to sit back there and pick this defense apart. And I think that the Patriots would have won by two touchdowns no matter if Big Ben was playing or Wait not. Wait a second. See, that's a hot take. That's spicy. That's, I just said it was a hot that's take. That's you and Skip, uh, Skip Bayless sitting up on the dais together. because What, what makes you think anybody's stopping Tom Brady, a much second. less a no, defense no, no. with you no pass? I am not defending that. I think you are probably absolutely right that the Patriots can drop a 40-burger here potentially. But when the Steelers are right, nobody could stop them either. So I'm just saying we were kind of robbed of a potential really fun offense versus offense battle. I think you're underselling the Patriots' defense, which okay. is among the top five, I believe, in scoring defense in the NFL. They are number two in that. There you go. I, so I think, yeah, you're you're really underselling okay. what they've done this year. So I just think the Patriots are the better team by quite a bit in this matchup, and I don't think the Steelers have the defense to contain, to even hope to contain Tom Brady and Gronk I, and Martellus Bennett know, and Nettleman and James White. I will say this, Wes. And, you know, I hate to say So, once they meet again in the playoffs, the Steelers can say, hey, we didn't have Big Ben that game. We can feel good about it's a, it. It's a pretty saucy take. I like the take. <laughs> I like the take because it's I – nice that you. you get the stamp of approval. As much as, I, as much as I hate to admit it, it does feel like it's a chess checker situation with the Patriots and the rest of the AFC. Uh, as, as good as the Steelers can be when everything's clicking, the, the Pats are just a well-rounded team until, you know, Tom – the gradual decline starts, which could be any week now. Just watch out. <laughs> You're stand by my, for it. Stand by my preseason statement that they won't lose a game with Tom Brady in the lineup this year. Through the playoffs as well. Mm. All through the, the way through. They will not lose a game. That's what do you, my where do you come down on this one, uh, Connie? Well, I mean, yeah, without Big Ben, that offense is going to have trouble. The onus is on – Le'Veon Bell to really run the ball or just be more involved. He wasn't. He didn't run the ball um, as many times as I thought he would last week when um, when Big Ben went down. I think he only. Well, I think in, with Big Ben under center, they like to use him more as a receiver. Now they're going to have to use him as a runner. They yeah, they have to. I think they only ran him like ten times last week. I'd have to look it up, but it's a totally different offense with Landry Jones in there. Yeah, and we saw what it is last year. And <laughs> uh, we're, we're very experienced watching this team with Larry Jones uh, Landry Jones and Larry Landry. Or Larry Jones. I think they should get Larry Jones <laughs> Larry in the game. Jones. Somebody get Larry on the There board. was a power forward in the NBA in the seventies and eighties named Larry Jones. I think his nickname was Mr. Mean. Ooh. <laughs> Fun um, fact. One last night. No, that was Larry Smith. All right. 
disregard everything I said. It's okay, Wes. <laughs> uh, one last thing before we move on, Wes. It's a Legary Blunt revenge game. Oh. It is. So. It is. So he's going to get revenge for the Steelers letting him go, and then he went and picked up a ring in <laughs> New England? <laughs> uh, yeah, something like that. All right, let's move on. Sunday night football. You know, we've had some bad games on in primetime this year, but you can uh, sleep well heading towards Sunday, knowing that we have a nice NFC West battle well. here. Well, we'll get to it. Hang on. All right. <laughs> Let me set it up for us before you chop it down. Ooh. The Seattle Seahawks, 4-1, and one, uh, coming off, yes, that controversial win over the Falcons in their building. Now they travel to Glendale, the University of Phoenix Stadium, to face the Arizona Cardinals. And, uh, Wes, we talked about this earlier today, uh, even though the Cardinals beat up on the Jets, there's still not a lot to get truly pumped up about about their offense or really where they're at right now, right? Not only that, but it might be a bad game to watch. If Drew oh, Stanton no, has to start, no. Carson Palmer has a hamstring injury and hasn't practiced yet this week. So, yeah, that's going to be a bad game if Drew Stanton starts. But I think this is a team that has, has to be a David Johnson, Larry Fitzgerald offense. We talked about this coming out of the Monday night game. They, they can't protect Carson Palmer. They can't. They can't really do anything against blitzes this year because Palmer's not moving well in the pocket, and he's not going to be moving well with a hamstring injury. So this is going to have to be David Johnson, and we saw what happened in Week 17. Even though the Cardinals weren't really trying as hard as they would in a meaningless game last year, Seahawks absolutely shut David Johnson down. Mm -hmm. This is this, and this also comes from our research notes, which ties into what you're saying. The Seahawks have no fear of going to Arizona either. They've won the last three straight games. Uh, between these teams, combined score 105 to 34. Wow. Seattle yeah. always travels well, but especially in Arizona, they don't go there and get intimidated by the scene. Seattle's the better team, I think, but Russell Wilson, he still doesn't really look 100% healthy. He's not running as well. He's passing pretty well. How about that pass yeah. rush, though, for Arizona being an equalizer uh, with a Golden and Jones coming off the edges? I like Bo that. Bookend pass rushers, something they lacked last year. Definitely. That's a yeah. factor. And Russell Wilson, he'll be able to get the ball to Jimmy Graham. I think that um, Doug Baldwin will probably be taken out of it by Patrick Peterson. But, I mean, it'll. I don't know if it won't. It might be a good game. <laughs> I'm hoping so. We need it. We're <laughs> I'm trying to talk myself into it hey, a little bit. Even though last Sunday night was a uh, Poor Mark last game. Sunday. Oh, yeah. Mark had a – Mark was catatonic when that game went to overtime. <laughs> uh, you know that would I wouldn't say that was a great game. We're overdue. I'm also I'm kind of uh, appealing to the football gods here. Mm -hmm. You know what? I'm even going next level. Wes, stand down, dear Jesus. Please, I am so bored of watching these bad games on Sunday night. Al, Chris, and Michelle Tafoya. Tell him, Dan. More. Give us a great game on Sunday night. That's all I ask. I love you, Jesus. Dear Buddha. Oh, Wes. Please follow suit. <laughs> <laughs> Buddha. Is that where we're coming from now? I mean. Save it for the We have to podcast. save it, but yeah, there's a lot of God. Oh, we have to save it, but you can do it, Dan. Fine. Your religion's all right, but mine's not? Yeah. Imagine no possessions. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Let's pick this game. Seattle at Arizona. Colleen. Um, taking Seattle. Wes? Seattle. Christian Kristen Michaels national breakout game. You think it's happening Ooh, on the national radar? Wee. Outplays David Johnson in this he game. He doesn't. Whoa. I could totally see that happening. I love that. You kind of I will lock it up. You're locking it <gasps> up. Locking it up. Locking it up. Locking it up. It's a lock. Wow. <laughs> Kristen Michael out 
produces David Johnson in this game. Whoa. Yeah. I will say this. Wes, and Kristen Michaels had some nice moments this season. For the for the awakening, for Seawoke to truly be something that you predicted properly, we need a big-time game here. I Let the record stand. I predicted this properly. <laughs> I, I'm talking we want him to run for 13, 1,400 yards. In fact, I predicted uh, both running backs in this game properly and Terrence West, so stick it. <laughs> <laughs> Do you, is, so has he lived up to all the Absolutely. Shot out of a cannon okay. when you watch him run. Okay. He's averaging, what, almost five yards per carry, and the rest of their running backs are averaging under two yards per carry? So, yeah. That puts it in perspective. I, I'm just saying. I wouldn't say it. Statistically, he's blowing the league away at this point. His game film's blowing the league away. Okay, Wes. <laughs> All right. Come. The eye in the sky doesn't lie, Dan. Trust your eyes. Next August, when you see a running back running like Kristen Michael, trust your eyes. All right. Well, I, I stand by. I need 150 yards out of him. If you're going to talk him up like this, I want to see a dynamic performance. <laughs> All the eye in the sky stuff. Give me the numbers on the paper. What's this eye stuff? The world revolves around Dan Hansis' expectations? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Last game. A little Monday night football. And uh, here we go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is the Brock Osweiler. Well, or the John Elway revenge game. It's somebody. It's revenge. definitely a revenge game. Yeah, but it's Brock Osweiler who uh, was groomed to take over for Peyton Manning, uh, opted to take more money to go to Houston, and is now the the Texans' starting quarterback. And but you know what? Both teams are four and two. So you think, mm-hmm. oh, the, everybody, things worked out for everybody. I don't know. We're we still have to see, um, uh, Colleen, if Brock Osweiler is the guy. And this will be a big referendum against the best defense in football or the AFC, uh, against his old team with all the motivation in the world. Brock's got to do something here. I don't think Brock is going to look like the guy in this game. This is going to be tough for him. The Broncos, they have Gary Kubiak back. He's getting, he's well-rested now. He's trying to get more sleep. And look, you have Gary Kubiak and Wade Phillips who know him really well. They know his tendencies this defense is going to be able to exploit him. Plus, Trevor Simeon, he has another week to get better. Um, he didn't look 100% healthy last week. And, like, I just feel like the Texans aren't the team that they were stocked and loaded to be in the offseason. They don't look like it right now. Their defense isn't as dominant as they, was, as they were. J.J. Watt, that injury really hurt them. And – I just don't think Lamar Miller, I mean, he did well against the Colts last week, but the Broncos, that's a totally different story. Yes, it, it will not be that easy against Denver, that's for sure. The revenge is all on Denver's side in this game. How is Brock Osweiler going to need revenge after they, he was gifted $37 million just because he played for the Broncos? <laughs> the defense can't be happy that he left them high and dry and basically thought he was too good for them. Mm-hmm. I, I think. Is it a thank you game? I don't think. Thanks, have, Daddy. I don't think we have thank you games, do we? I don't know. In the National Football League, never. Mm-mm. Not you better watch it. How about this? Worst case scenario, by the way, Brock is bottoming out, playing the way he did for three and a half quarters last uh, Sunday night, and we hear we we look over to the pan over to the sideline, and there he is putting on the helmet and getting loose. Tom Savage, baby. Tom Savage is real <laughs> again. Tom Savage is real. One more. Tom Savage is real. <laughs> It's is one of my favorite drops. Wes, will Tom Savage start a game this year not injury-related? No question in my mind. Ooh. Whoa. Is that a lock? I don't know. If <laughs> like, like, well, I don't know. There's got to be up? like a step below a lock. I just – Brock Osweiler does nothing for me. I don't think he's the answer. He's got some Mettenberger DNA in him. Ooh. Yeah, yeah well, I can see a, that. 
That's not good. Uh, Will Fuller's dealing with the hamstring issue, so he's. I feel like he's not as fast either as he was. So, yeah, the fact that this is being played in Denver, too, is not a great situation for Brock. Maybe it was in Houston. You could talk yourself into it a little bit, but you get the feeling not only is a guy that's been a scattershot player, but also on the road, crowd going nuts, noise effect. A lot of this is not shaping up well for the Texans here. Yeah, the Texans' run D wasn't able to stop Frank Gore. So C.J. Anderson, he should be able to run too. Well, he hasn't been doing much either since. No, but maybe this is the game that he does. Yeah. They're talking about more Devontae Booker this week again. Ooh. Interesting. Uh, All right. I think we all have Denver in the Monday night game. Yes. Okay. So there you go. That is our uh, preview of all the Sunday uh, games and the Monday night uh, affair. The next time. You hear from us, we will be uh, breaking down all the games that we just previewed. That's how the wheel operates, Colleen. Mm, thank you. I what goes wasn't up sure. must, must come, come down. down. I don't know. Does that work? Not really. Thank <laughs> Not you. on a wheel. You are a, uh, a hero, both literally really? and uh, figuratively. Wasn't sure. You are. Sure about that. Some mixed signals. As, you're getting mixed signals? <laughs> mixed hero what? signals. Wow. I'm Why? just kidding. What I'm happened? kidding. I'm kidding. Relax. When I turn the corner and I'm, I'm ripping... <laughs> Chris Martin and your and no shoes and your solo got no cup. Shoes. I got iced tea in my cup. Really? It was. Is that what oh, was in you, there? You... Well, everybody was asking you, what's in the solo cup, Dan? Thought it was lean. I do like the idea of like 8.30 in the morning, me pouring some whiskey into a solo cup and driving to work. Blasting Coldplay. It all makes sense. When you were 22. That sounds like a, it sounds like a guy <laughs> that is panicking about child number two arriving. Oh, no. <laughs> all right. That's it. Uh, until Sunday night. Uh, this is Dan Hansa signing off for Connie Fox, the mailman, uh, Greg Rosenthal from London, and of course, the wonderful La Seed behind the glass. And thanks to everybody behind the glass. Till Sunday! It's my party and I cry if I want to. Something, 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 something. That's exactly how it goes. You would be too if it happened to you. Remix. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.